0: It's Tuesday, and it is time to start breaking down NFL because, as I already told you, rather you had a great week at NFL and you're excited to get back in it, or if NFL just kicked you in the dick like it often will, well, no problem. It's already on to the next week, and you should be looking forward to it, and that's what me and my boy Tambo are going to be doing for roughly the next 45 minutes to an hour. Make sure to hop in the chat. Get your questions in there. Uh, Anything you want to know, any hot takes you have, anything, any strategies you want us to talk on because me and Tambo are much more about the process than a lot of other people in this industry. So hang around enjoy the show and let's get going tambo how
1: you doing today you mother father i'm doing good man excited to be here on your channel with you love doing the show last week got a ton of great feedback lots of people reached out they're hoping to see more and i think some people in the chat just found out this is going to be all season we did say all it all but season. if you're just finding out now all season long every tuesday this time gonna be good 12 lord's time zone i got you Tambo, don't you know
0: YouTube viewers are just like the high schoolers I used to teach? You have to say something 27 times before it sticks with them once. So (laughs) the fact that we said this will be all year, not a chance more than three people understood that last week. Yeah, we'll get them next season. Yeah, by next season, they'll be programmed in. They'll be like, okay, I think I get it now. I think I get it. So new guy, I'm the Degenerate 75. I'm a DFS content creator who focuses on golf and football. Maybe another sport to come, but we'll see about that. And if you, I, I'm much more about the process. If you're just here for like some my top five core plays, you're not going to get them, bro. You might want to fuck off now, but I do think that you're going to get a lot of good information that's going to get those juices flowing because on a Tuesday you shouldn't be already be making your decisions for Sunday, but you should definitely be letting some of those ideas roll around. If you find you like the cut of my jib, check out that schedule. I go live almost every day. I never fucking sleep. So, if you like NFL, if you like college football, if you like PGA, there's my schedule. Check it out. If not, you're a Don Dick and I don't care about you. Also, if you haven't heard, the big guy is not a poor. I'm going to be giving away Millionaire Maker tickets simply just by hitting the like button today. If you get a question in there, and for every hundred likes we get, I'll build a Millionaire Maker ticket with you this Sunday. We will split up fifty-fifty. Me and actually one of the winners this last week. We finished like eight hundredth in the Millionaire Maker, which isn't that great until you really think about. It. That's like in the ninety-nine point nine five percentile, right? I <laughs> get only one yeah. like, two hundred bucks, but fuck that. You know what? We had a little bit of a sweat because it just takes one asshole to kill your Millionaire Maker dreams. You know. I'm
1: about dambo i definitely know what you're talking about they happened to me just last week and probably happens every week to me so we'll see Gonna get it one day, though. We're excited for this next one. It's gonna happen. All right.
0: L- I want to start speaking of Millionaire Maker. World class transition from a fucking rookie to the YouTube scene. Degenerate seventy five. Here is the Millionaire Maker ticket. It's kind of small, but I think you guys can see it up there. This is Sports King one hundred and one, who won a cool million bucks with five entries in the Millionaire Maker. Which I know a lot of you are like, see, so I should take my hundred bucks and just play five lineups in the Millionaire Maker. Okay, you can do that. You really can. And there is a chance that you could, you know, fucking hit the lottery. But there's also a chance you're gonna burn through your hundred bucks every week and be like, mer, 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 I never win at DraftKings, so I don't know if this is the most sustainable way to do it. Tambo,
1: have you seen this guy's lineup, or do you need me to read it off to you? No, I've seen it. I analyzed it yesterday. I think it's better than most are saying about it in in this case, but I'll let you host it and take it away. I just in general, I actually don't have much of a problem with it. I'll get your thoughts and I'll I'll throw mine in at the end.
0: What concerns me is like people shitting on this lineup. I think this lineup makes total sense. Daniel Jones is a guy that two or three times a year is going to break the slate. That's just what that donkey dick does. And 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 trying to stack him with with his roulette of receivers, I just hate. So go put him with Saquon who catches balls out of the backfield and his only legitimate consistent pass catcher, well, so we're expecting and Darren Waller, right? And then, you know, go get the Nico Collins-Zach Moss correlation. That makes sense. Go run a Rashad White, who I thought was the best 5K running back. That guy's fucking electric. And then pair him up with the defense, which correlates nicely. And then go get a very low-owned uh, Christian Kirk that nobody wants to play because he, you know, sucked week one. I love everything about this lineup. Okay, yes, he could have put Saquon in the super flex so he had more freedom to, you know, uh, uh, late swap. But a guy, I don't think this guy's fucking thinking about that. I think he had his baby and he was rolling with it. And he wasn't giving
1: much considered to late swap. You agree with that? I agree 100% with that. He he was definitely just going to leave it as is either way. So while it is a a minor discrepancy that people look at, I think that's just fine. When you you talk about a guy throwing 100 bucks and getting the job done, but for me, it was also the week one thing that we talked about last week, where people overreact. Well, what happened to Daniel Jones and Co. in week one? They got curb stomped 40 to nothing. Bounce back with them. Not going to play wide receiver roulette with his options there. I'm just going to go with Barkley and Waller and I know some people said oh don't stack them with Barkley they've had plenty of good games together in the past where he just checks it down to Barkley and Barkley drags them along or they both score this is pretty much the whole end zone wrapped up when you have Jones Barkley and Waller the mini stack in that other game I think it was you and I talking about on this very show last week we talked about that Indy Houston game That look it may not get to 50 points in this case it actually did have it they did have a really good game uh you know Anthony Richardson started out strong and then fell apart well he got injured I should say but either way They still kept the game going, but you don't have to have all the points to have two two guys in a mini stack. Get there. Loved Rashad White and the Buccaneers. And again, overreaction. Didn't play Calvin Ridley with the price bump off of week one. Went to Christian Kirk and said, you know what? He'll probably bounce back and get in there. And then if you're not going to play, Kelly Chalk throwing in Keenan Allen. Just made a ton of sense up against that tough Tennessee defense and the run defense there. And now the dude's a millionaire. What a time to be alive, Sports King 101.
0: (laughs) <laughs> um, all right, let's, uh, Hey, uh, a quick, let's just tuck on, uh, seeing if I'm going to shit on that guy for only putting, I assume he only played five lineups and they were all in the millionaire maker. Do you have any contests, like, go-to contests that you think are just, like, sneaky good? Like, for me, I just love, like, this $10, 10 max that they offer, the $40, 10 max. Like, those are so sustainable. Like, such good, well-structured contests that are sustainable for people to play in week over week. Just, like, of course, Mayo's contest, the $15, 3 max with no rake is obviously the absolute nuts. But is there any
1: that you always go to that, like, you would want to sell people on? Yeah, I think it just depends on your bankroll. It's a little bit different in that sense. Like, I don't, you know looking at it like the $15 screen pass, but it's even pretty top heavy. I just, I like to play this. For example, for me, I don't play the wildcat. It's 333. I play three lineups. It's 450 instead of 333. But I go in that three max with hundred K mm-hmm. up top in the smaller field. I like something like that as a little more, even if I was only going to play the two, one or the other for my 300 bucks, either put the 333 or play 300. I would do that. But I think a lot of people are playing with, you know, smaller bankroll, getting started, needing something newer. I think I always side on the the air on the side of more lineups the better. Mm-hmm. Again, I think you should always have your single entry so you're practicing for that because if you do win a ticket, how do you handle that? If you do get into a live final, how do you handle that? But I like playing like if you if I could do this, the $1.20 max, the $3.20 max, I could play like that's fine by me. Anything like that, the the $5.3 maxes, all of those are really good tournaments to start out in. If you're, if you got the smaller bankroll, if you have a little bit sort of that mid sized bankroll, mixing in the $50 single entry, the $100 single entry, the smaller $20 three maxes, things like that, I think those are all really good tournaments to play and all have pretty balanced structures and are still going to be big time bankroll changers for you on a week to week basis. And then last thing, get in the satellites. Can't talk about enough. I know they're winner take all, but allocate some of your bankroll towards that. That's how you see people when you say, Oh, how did they get their first win? A lot of times that's what it's from. You get into a, hundred dollar tournament or to a 333, get your first big score. And then it just goes from there and there's a ripple effect. So I think the satellites are overlooked, something I definitely try and get people into quite a bit. I said, I I made a point on the Saturday stream where
0: I told people, you know, don't always pick your contest and then pick your player pool. Pick your player pool and then pick your contest. Like, say it's a week where you love three or four or five stacks, right? Or there's a lot of correlation players or one-offs that you want to play and you want to get access to those guys. Well, then you're probably much better playing a bunch of lineups at a smaller denomination, right? Whereas if you go into the week saying, like, I'm all in on a Josh Allen stack. That's the only stack you want to play. Well, then maybe you're better spending, you know, doing a higher entry, fewer volume uh, contest like a one like a single entry or a three max or a five max or something like that so I'm telling you really give some thought to how many guys you like and then go pick your contest don't pick your contest and then go try to force guys in that you don't necessarily like
1: but you need to have more players in your player pool are you with me on that one yeah I definitely am I do. you got to be doing that and even nowadays with all the buzzwords and things coming out around the sims that's what people are forgetting even if you're not talking about sims we're not going there right now I'm just saying is what happens is people are not realizing people are building different lineups for different field sizes right? That's part of it. You know, ETR just came up with ownership with a bunch of, for, for different tournament styles and stuff like the industry is starting to adapt to that more. We're trying to get ideas over at ship it on ways to innovate and be different, but that's definitely what some people are doing. And then I see in the chat too, I know you take questions at the end, but I thought this was a good one. My philosophy, my new people are calling them now Tamboisms, but my new, I've always said, it's not who you play. It's how you play them. My new one though, that I'm sticking with, if you play lighter, play tighter, and all that simply means is if you're going to have, a, if you're only playing like for this guy, he had five lineups. I looked this up yesterday on a review show. Five lineups. I'm never going to say, I'm not the guy when you're using five lineups to say, oh, he was 60% on Daniel Jones. That's the facts. Three out of five lineups is 60%. But we're not talking about a real full on player pool here. He's chosen five lineups in a 150 max. In a three max, I'll touch on that in a second. I'll get to it. But I just think in general, if you're only going to play a smaller number of entries in a tournament with a bunch more entries where the field could have a lot more than you, I know it's not what we recommend. It's not our advice we would give. But if you're going to do it anyway, like this guy is sitting on the toilet making five lineups on a Sunday, probably. That's all I'm saying is I would get around just sticking to what you're going with and roll it. Run a tighter pool and get after it. Uh, Nick asked about in the three max how I would handle it. I would look to have two very similar, maybe some core pieces in there and then build off of that. And then one, go off the wall. You only have three to work with. You can commit to all three. I know people that do that. I know people that say, I'm going to run one this way, one that way. One that. I just want one to have a shot. It's to each their own. I do prefer, though, if you play lighter to play tighter. And that's just how I look at it. Yeah. And I, I, before we jump on <clears throat> to the stone here, I do want
0: to just say one more thing. Like, overall, my week, I thought I really nailed it. Like, I was on the, the a low-owned Geno stack. I really liked that game because everybody's like, oh, he's missing his tackles. He could never have a good game. Dude threw for, like, 325 and two touchdowns. So that was a very good stack. I think he was the second or third highest-scoring quarterback on the slate. Uh, and then I you know I really liked a Brock Purdy stack because I thought the Rams could push them and the Rams definitely did push the 49ers to score and you know I had great one-off pieces played a ton of Christian Kirk played a, a ton of uh, James Cook um, uh, 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 and I, I but then at the end of the day I still only got back like 40% of my money and I think this mm-hmm. is an important thought and I just I got to get your opinion on this when even whenever you feel like you've picked your stacks well your correlations well and your one-offs well You still go look, and if you just have one or two assholes in your lineup, the upside of your lineup is maybe a 90 percentile finish in a GPP. And a 90 percentile finish is almost always going to be a min catch, right? The only way you're ever going to hit big in a GPP, and what you're playing to hit is to get those 99.99 percentile, and that usually involves having zero assholes in your player pool. No Isaiah Pacheco's, no Luke Musgraves, right? And those are the kind of guys. It just takes one guy to sink it, and then people overreact and say, I lost again, but, like, when I go look at my process – and the plays that I went with in my stacks, I feel really good about it, even though the results weren't there. Because sometimes the results aren't there because your fucking process sucked. Sometimes the results aren't there simply just because you had an asshole or two or maybe a chalk piece went off that you didn't play. Uh, are you are you buying this that like you can have a losing week and still have had a good process and been on point with everything
1: you did? 100%. Yeah, it literally just happened to me last week. I was all over a bunch of these good spots. It was in the 555 Millimaker. I had four tickets for it. I added six more. I, played, I think I played 10 or 11. I think I might've added the one, the greedy extra. I was like, I'll stop at 10. I think I added the 11th. But the point being, and I only got back like half my money Four of the tickets was like 2400 bucks or whatever. So it was not the worst week in that. But either way, it was one of those things where I was crushing all morning. It was just one guy away it was Ridley instead of Kirk in the wrong lineup I had Kirk in a different one and then it was you know Kelsey who got there a little bit later on and was in some of those winning lineups but I was trying to pay up and I felt like that was good when a lot of people were paying down in those lineups with those stacks it was all kinds of little plays like that where it's just like you feel so good I had White I had the Buccaneers defense I had the uh, Allen stacks with Gabe Davis and and like Knox and things like that I had some of these good pieces Richardson gets injured on me like I feel like the this is how I was looking at it was the process good? I think yes. There was, I don't want to be results oriented, but you still have to trust the progress. It's another line that I use and try and talk about all the time. It's like, you got to see where you put yourself. If you're not putting yourself in the position very often, you probably got to go back to the process and dig in, find something, do something different, different contest selection, maybe drop down in stakes while you're trying to work on stuff and get better at it, whatever that might be for you. We talk a lot about that at shibidation.com. We have a course going on that four hours process course, breaking all that stuff down. You get it for free when you sign up, use promo code DJN75, get 10% off. But what I'm saying is you also have to trust the progress. Sometimes people come 12th and they're hard in like a thousand person single entry and they're so hard on themselves And they're like, oh, if only this, it's hard not to think about if this, then that. You win all the money, yes. But what did you do well to get yourself to finish in 12th? That's where you can say the progress is there. I'm putting myself in these spots to be able to get lucky. Now I'm going back to the table next week with that confidence and that momentum. It may not happen next week, Just so you know, but you're in the right position now to start moving forward and feel better about your process.
0: And so often I get this question, well, how do I know if my process is broke? Well, let me just go ahead and tell you. If you played Anthony Richardson as your solo quarterback, that guy was on pace to break the slate. He had like legit 15 points in the first quarter and was going to just run away with his slate, and then he got injured. There's nothing you can do about that. But if you're playing like Zach Wilson as like your only stack on the entire slate, you need to really reevaluate your shit, okay? Because that was a really not good play and it didn't work out well for you. So understand whenever there's like... The variance and the bad luck that can happen with injuries and stuff like that, and then understand when you're just picking guys in really bad spots and going in too hard on them. That would be my biggest advice on if your process is broken or not.
1: And oftentimes, too, guys, you know, people are looking for diamonds in the rough. You and I talk a lot about this when we do our PGA shows. It's like, oh, if I get this sixty five hundred dollar golfer, I got a feeling about Preston Summerhays this week. It's like that's awesome. And I will say, if you're going to do that, commit to them. Like, if you're going to play them then get them in your lineup. So if, you, if you're if you right, it actually pays off or has a chance to. But when people just sneak in, ah, oh, a little bit of this guy, a little bit, and it happens in football too. If I get that wide receiver and that wide receiver and that wide receiver, I got, I got all my bases covered because I got the cheap guy that'll break the slate. Well, you don't have enough lineups with them to break any slate. You're going to have like one lineup with each of them, where if you get it right, you're still going to have those other, like you said, one to two assholes who screw it up anyway for you. So you didn't commit to it. Stop picking three or four diamonds in the rough put the same diamond in the rough that you truly believe in, in all of them, and then you have more outs to the top or more ways to get that right if it happens. Absolutely. So wait, let me just go ahead and tell you, 50% on Cam Champ didn't work out for me, but my
0: ass is always willing to go down in flames. I'll play that fucking loser again. I don't give a shit because I play to win. And (laughs) I also don't care about losing. And when you play a 50% on Cam Champ, I can't give you any better evidence than not being afraid of losing. All right, let's start breaking down the slate, Tambo. Uh, let's, let's just give some thoughts on some games. I got to tell you, just off the bat, none of these one or two games have big totals, but even some of the ones that have big totals have rather big lines, which may be not the most competitive environment. So I think this is going to be a week where you're going to need to get really creative with your stacks because just initially looking, none of the stacks just jumped off the page. It's like, oh, shit, that's going to be a 20% owned stack. All right.
1: Yeah. I, I would disagree on that just on one stack because well, it looks right now like the, the Chargers-Minnesota game. Fifty-four point total. I think it's Wait, pretty easy 54? to stack up. Four. How the hell? I could have swear I
0: saw 49. Holy shit, it is fifty-four. Jeebus. Okay. Yeah. All right. That so I guess people one game are betting the shit out to of your that. Point.
1: And especially to me, again, just talking out loud. This is first look. So I love the show. Actually, it's you know, I do a little bit more of a first look. You'll get to be able to see it Monday. But with yesterday, we had the two game slate. We had showdown. We had all that stuff. So really looking at this now and today, just digging in first thing this morning was like Cousins, Jefferson, one of Addison or Osborne or Hawkinson done and then run it back with Allen or Williams or whatever you choose to do on the other side. It just looks like that's going to be the popular starting point and maybe for good reason. It's a 54 point total, but there is a bunch of other spots on the slate. It still is only week three. There is going to be stuff that happens and things that break your way where you would want pieces from this game. I think, but it's really hard for me at a 54 total to just stay away from it completely. Yeah, no, I, I, that was a big point I made to uh, on the Discord stream Sunday. It's like don't, uh, don't
0: completely avoid these high-scoring games, right? Like these, te- these games with the big totals. Just maybe go in there and try to get a piece of it in a way that not everybody else is doing, right? So like with the Buffalo Raiders game, right? I tried to go in there and grab Gabe Davis and go grab James Cook and stay away from the Al, uh, you know, the the digs, the Josh Allen, the 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 Dawson Knox type stacks, right? So I was trying to get access to those games because the, there's a reason that it has the highest total. People are going to go off in that game, so how can you get into that game and not play it the exact same way everybody else is? Um, is is I think t- turning out to be my favorite method. Don't fade these big uh, high scoring games, but get into them and play them a way that nobody else is. That's how I like to use them.
1: Yeah, I know we're live and it is what it is, but I deal with these two. But the chat's saying there's quite a bit of audio glitching. Do you do you notice Uh-oh. that or do you have a fix with the editor? Editor,
0: get on here and fix it. Uh oh, is it skipping? It's a uh, the editor. Uh, YouTube is not receiving enough video to maintain smooth streaming. Uh oh, it might just—it might just be me having shitty internet. Let's see. Or my—oh my! I see it. It's in red. Uh oh, that's not good. Editors over here fixing shit. Uh, my—I—I I, I think honestly, I think it might be time to fucking upgrade the computer, which sucks because I spent a shit ton of money on this one. But I think whenever I have people on with me, and then we—and then we're doing it with low latency on the uh, YouTube's. I think that it kind of uh, stream latency normal low i don't know he's, he's trying to fix it tell me in the chat if it's getting any better but i see the editor trying to fix it um let's see make sure our internet speed's good the yeah, internet speeds like at a thousand megabytes i don't know we're gonna keep talking and just hope that it uh plows through uh, yeah it might
1: be fixed now too i'm hearing it on my side as well so it could have just been a lag for somebody but someone just said they said back up and smooth now it's right, fixed yeah. now hopefully it's fixed you were talking about ways to get different within a game stack, right? Like if you got a 54 point total and I think we saw it, uh, what was it last week was the Buffalo Raiders game. Again, like people were in on that game somewhat because obviously Josh Allen and the options, but then it was like, you could get Gabe Davis or Knox instead of Kincaid or, or something. Gabe Davis, instead of Diggs. other guys on the opposite side. So I think that's, what's going to happen in this game really. But I also think it's going to be how you fill out the rest of it because typically with the, this type of a setup, there's only so many guys you can use and Kirk cousins going to be pretty condensed Herbert's side is pretty condensed as well, so it's going to be tougher if you're just not going to take these crazy shots on some of the the bench guys there. All right, let's get to the first game uh, that I have on
0: the slate here: Indianapolis, Baltimore. Uh, have you heard any word? Is Anthony Richardson? I mean, those concussion things—they're not usually likely to come back. Have you heard any word if he's going to be back this week? I didn't hear any word against it,
1: and with the books putting up the line and everything that goes with it, it still looks like there's a possibility that he's going to be in. So I'll have to wait and see what happens. But for me. Uh, right now showing like we we don't have anything to worry about or it's going to be a day-to-day thing, but we may hear more when the week goes on. I'll try and get a quick update, but I didn't see anything else on them. All right. Um, do you, all right. So do you have any hot takes on this Colts-Baltimore game? I mean,
0: uh, the the, the seven-and-a-half point line is not the greatest. Does, does Baltimore's defense concern you at all against old Indianapolis or is Indianapolis going to sneaky get there?
1: Uh, that's a, This is a tough one for me. It's a mid-size total. I'm a Baltimore fan, so a little bit biased in that sense. But I don't know. I, I still haven't seen enough out of these Ravens. And it just feels like we're waiting for it. Like last game was awesome. Got the win. It's a big time division game against the Bengals. Get the job done. Barely. But it's like, I haven't seen that much. And Lamar looked a lot better in game two, but you know, a battle, especially if Richardson is in, we could just see a lot of running in this game from both sides. I think it'd be more interested in like, you know, what's going to happen at the, the indie backs. Do we, do we go back to a guy like Zach Moss, right? Can we play him? Do we go back to Zay flowers? You know, didn't really come through for anybody last week. So, I think you know there's pieces in here but to me it's more of a mini stack game as of right now earlier in the week. Man, I'm just telling you Zay Flowers, 10 targets a game, he's always
0: on the field and they are the best thing I could tell you about Zay Flowers is they design plays for him. Like they're actively trying to get him the ball, right? It's not like he's running routes and he just occasionally gets the ball thrown to him. They're running they're running wide receiver screens to him, they're running uh they're running reverses to him. They want the ball in that guy's hands. He is electric.
1: Yeah, I love the guy. Like I said, it's definitely something like that. That was one thing off of week one. I think it was in the tidbits on Twitter. I I threw it out there somewhere, but he was basically, look, they were looking for him on week one. They had like six extra designed routes for him. And then week two switched off of that a little bit. So a little less, but like you said, he's going to be a feature piece moving forward. And I think we're still waiting to hear on Odell. I'm not sure what's going on with him, but it sounded like he had a little something going on as well. Again, right now, I don't see much around him that says he's going to be out or anything, but definitely something to keep an eye on.
0: Uh, Habar says, will Lamar ever run free again? What do you think about that? Are we ever going to see Lamar just getting 10 carries and 80 yards a game ever again? Or are they just done with that?
1: We should, he got paid, man. It's time to move. You got the right. paycheck already. That's the thing. It was before I understood when he was sort of waiting around and seeing if they're going to pay him or not. But now that he got the paycheck, I know people will say something about that when it comes to Joe Burrow, because since he got paid it has not been a good scene, but for, uh, for my guy, Lamar, I think we should see that happen a little bit more. It could start as early as this week, but that's again, then you'd want Lamar, maybe with Zay, run it back with someone from the other side. But it's it's really tough. Like you could go Lamar, Zay, Zach Moss, if you wanted. But I, I think that's you know sort of the other side. I'd be more interested in Zach Moss, maybe even the NDD going against Lamar. I'd be okay with that too. All right, Tennessee at Cleveland. I got a hot take for you. Deshaun Watson fucking sucks. There you go. That's my <laughs> hot take. What do you think? It's so far, so 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 far, that's valid. Fair. Uh, last night did not look good again. Obviously, he was owned like mega in the, the two gamer and all that stuff. And, you know, even with Chubb out, Ford looked good coming in. Don't want to talk too much about that Chubb injury. It was a sad scene I for him. Obviously, it. sucks to see injuries like that. And then, you know, for everybody that played him, 84% of the field or whatever. Nick said yep. Deshaun needs a massage. We won't go there either, <laughs> maybe. But um, one thing I will say it, it, we're going, we're lo- looking like we're going three weeks in a row with Chalk running back against Tennessee defense. It's 0 for 2. So far now, uh, Jerome Ford, it sounds like the, you know, they said today, Stefanski mentioned feature back. Yep. He's going to be the guy. They'll look to add somebody else just because to fill a slot. But um, one interesting piece about that was people said Kareem Hunt. I thought about it right away too, but then other people said, kind of doesn't make sense. They didn't even want the guy in the first place. I know he knows the system, and now they di- They had Chubb, now they don't. But it is kind of true when, when you think of it from that perspective. They definitely did I'm not sure want him. I'm sure they burnt
0: Hunt. a bridge there. Whenever you can't get those negotiations done, I bet both sides are
1: probably fucking over each other by that time. Like, they're not <laughs> trying impossible. to mend that. But Hunt might still want the paycheck too, right? He's got to get back in there. So we'll see. But I I definitely don't know. Like for me, uh, tough to go against it. The teams are passing it like a 70% clip against this defense. So that's the only interesting tidbit is that Watson now could become a bit of leverage in that sense and also be, you know, coming off the overreaction of the Monday night game where it's like, ah, I'm not going to go back to him. Low total, all those factors. There could be a situation here. Amari Cooper, a little bit healthier maybe all those things that you could go here, but it's not my favorite to start. Amari was definitely being limited a
0: lot last night. Right. So I think, I think that, uh, yeah, he came back from the injury, but he was not playing a hundred percent of the snaps and Amari Cooper is a guy that if he's not going to be out there enough, like it makes it hard to play him.
1: Yeah. 5,700 price tag there. We'll have to see as the week goes on, what they do with them. But if not, um, you know, Elijah Moore, 4,700 people's Jones, 4,100. We can see some stuff here. Traylon Burks, Last week, getting some action as well, so we'll have to see what goes on with him. But it was I, I think that it was, was another guy three. I played,
0: and he got he got that huge bomb and got tackled the two. I was like, mother, father, because I think he was like legit two percent owned.
1: And started so hot and then just did nothing after Yeah, and then
0: just disappeared. All right. If the Falcons are ever going to get involved in a shootout, if this piece of shit offense can ever have a big game, surely it's got to be at Detroit, where I believe all games at Detroit have a a minimum requirement of 55 points scored. I believe that is a requirement by the NFL. So is there any chance a Desmond Ritter stack could ever, ever get there, or is this just a time that Bijan finally scores
1: 50 points in a game? Gosh. I would lean on the Bijan side before I lead on the Ritter side. Like, we've been talking about this for – Even last year, I think it was the live final. There was people pushing it in that week. It it was Atlanta versus New Orleans, I remember. And people were playing Ritter with London because London was popular. You can just add a cheap Ritter. Ritter's still cheap. You can still add them if you want. I just, Man, unless you got another hot take like your crystal ball last week with Daniel Jones and Barkley or something, I don't know how you're going to do it with this guy this week because it just sucks. London, very good. Pitts should be good. Pitts was was bad even before with Mariota and everything too. He was having a rough outing. But, you know, once joining into the NFL saying? But in general, these are talented players. Yep. It's just I think some of that brings it down. And then typically all they want to do is run. And when you've got Bijan, you got Algier, they set. Uh, CPAT, again, last week, he was inactive late again. So I don't know what's going on there with that. It's not like they need him, but it does feel like a better spot just to get in on Bijan at 7,800 than trying to figure anything else out there. But the Detroit side becomes more interesting depending on what happens with David Montgomery here. Sounds like it could be more of an issue than uh, originally expected. Man, why will – yeah, okay, so I guess DraftKings
0: is just being smart because they priced Jameer Gibbs at 6,600, which if David Montgomery is going to play, it's just too expensive. So do you think that they were factoring in that David Montgomery could be limited or out this week when they put yeah, Gibbs I think up they there were. at
1: 6,600? I think they were, and then also today, the name is on the tip of my tongue, the guy they brought up. There's a, a Z in the name. What What's his name? <sighs> Damn, they, they brought somebody up today anyway, so it looks like it's going to be out. And then a couple reports came out like – could be up to a couple weeks. It was day-to-day by some. a Knight was the guy that I was, was thinking of. They just brought him up. USC uh, is, guy, I believe. Which is the expectation that it means it's going to be, um, you know, Dave Montgomery out. I don't know what you would side with, though. A 4K a Knight or a $6,600 Gibbs? Because, man, Detroit wants to run it, and we know this, but they never seem to want to take the wheels off of anything. We saw it all last year with Swift. Gibbs is going to get his. He's going to get worked in. Is this the week? I don't know. It feels like a guy that we're going to say that every week until it is the week. But it might not be week three. That's the difference I'm thinking about right now. Yeah. I I, I, w- I would love a Detroit. I want to play some
0: Detroit. Uh, and if, by the way, if Montgomery's out, I'm definitely playing Gibbs. I don't give a shit. Uh, but uh, I, I, once again, the same problem I had with Green Bay stacks last week. I just don't think Atlanta can push anybody. I think their offense is hot garbage. Yeah, uh, I all agree. Right. Here is uh, – I don't know. I, I think people are going to overreact to New Orleans looking rather shitty last night and forget that this offense does have some ability. I still think this offense can be good. I just think North Carolina – or North Carolina, excuse me. The Carolina Panthers were, are a sneaky good uh, defensive team, right? And that game was really slow and sloggy last night. This this might be one of my like sneaky shootout games, This Saints versus Green Bay, because I'm kind of a buyer in Green Bay two weeks in a row. They've kind of got it done offensively. And I know New Orleans has the firepower to hit some big plays, too. Any chance that this game ends up like thirty one twenty eight and you're going
1: to want to have like four pieces from it? I don't know, but it may not have to because I don't know if you notice this, but they didn't adjust any of the prices. Like I don't I don't know what these other guys need to do. Jaden Reed stayed at thirty eight hundred barely yeah. went up. Luke Musgrave, if you wanted him last week, everybody wanted him. I think Hayden Hurst was doing fine last night for at least a little bit there. You can go play Musgrave at 3,300 when this week nobody wants him. Yep. A.J. Dillon, 5,700. No, like, he didn't come through last week. But I guess my point would be there's seemingly a bunch of options in this game for cheap that maybe if it doesn't even get to that total, you still get like the mini stack going on here where you can still get to those. Jordan Love, what's his uh, his output the last two weeks has been solid? 23 and 20. Yep. for DraftKings points, just doing just fine. So not saying to go back to it just because of last week, but just in general, they're not changing the prices on these guys. And I think Jordan Love's value only improves
0: when Christian Watson inevitably comes back. Because to me, he is definitively their best wide receiver. I'm a big buyer on Christian Watson. So once he comes back, I think that is going to dramatically improve the value of Jordan Love. That, that, that's my take on it.
1: Yeah, I think, I think you're right, and we'll have to see. But I definitely don't hate it from some of the other spots we looked at so far, if you were going to pick one. Now, did Houston have a
0: functional offense this last Sunday or was was I like uh, having a dream and it was all a mirage?
1: Looked a lot better. Stroud looked really good, actually. And it's funny, too, because someone showed it week one. I forget what it was, but it was like a, a he started off really strong and then the pass attempts are there. That's kind of, I guess, what it comes down to. So last two weeks, 44 and 47. Price is 5,300. Tank Dell. Again, they're just, the, the, for whatever reason, the prices aren't getting. He was 32. Yeah, you're, you're right. His price went up to 3600. It's 400 bucks. Like come on. You know what I mean? Uh, Woods 4400. Nico Collins only went up from 48 to 53. Like they're just not adjusting very much. What did uh Mechie end up doing? I know he was making his debut last week. Just wanted to see what he got. It looks like uh doesn't have the snaps here in front of me so I can't see it, but he only had the one target, one reception for 17. But I don't know if he's a uh, as much of a factor yet. But either way, Tank Dell looks good just 3600 bucks and there's definitely pieces on the Jacksonville game. This is the one where two things, let me ask you this. Is this the game that is what you just said about green Bay, new Orleans, and actually just jumps up in the points again and the pace is up and all that. Or is this the game people think is the sneaky game, make those points. And then the game just duds out completely. And maybe you only need a piece or two pieces the game, which one do you think is more likely? I think the people uh, just always love a Trevor Lawrence stack. He's just like one of the most
0: uh, top ten quarterbacks you can get, always at an affordable price, right? And then of course, yeah. everybody wants to run it back with Nico Collins because he's a very affordable runback stack. So I think this game gets sneaky slow, and I bet it's one of those weeks where uh Trevor Lawrence has like twenty points at halftime, and then finishes the game with like twenty three points. Like I think they're yeah, just gonna kind of uh... lean on him in the second half.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. It could happen like that. I guess my other thing was that what if it's just like ETN and Dell mm-hmm. that you need? Like I, there's enough pace. There's enough back and forth. There's enough ways to go about it that if I guess what I'm saying is we're, we're early in the week, later in the week. If I'm hearing everybody being like, let's make a Stroud stack work. It's sneaky. And let's make this well, it will still be lower owned, which could be interpreted as sneaky because technically the ownership's not as high as what you think. It's that when a lot of people get talking about it, sometimes that when it becomes the game that everybody thinks is sneaky and enough of the pieces all pick up the steam. And we see this in golf all the time as well. You talk about on your show every Wednesday, the steam plays that are later on in the week. It kind of gets that way. It's not to an ownership where I care as much as just everybody feels like it's something that it's not and you end up finding much better spaces or places, I should say, to go, and you can use different pieces within this game, like ETN and Dell and just cut it off or something yeah, like that. For me, I'll, I'm definitely hoping uh,
0: Lawrence stack's become very popular because I've been very impressed with how involved Travis ETN has been in the offense and the amount of volume he's getting. So if, everybody, if, if a lot of people are wanting to play a Trevor Lawrence stack, let me just come grab ETN from this game, and uh, I'll, I'll be more than happy to just have that piece and hope he gets a touchdown or two and uh, really kind of uh, vultures everything from the Jacksonville passing game. If ETM picks up steam, would you flip the other way? Probably. (laughs) I I, I never mind the Trevor Lawrence stack. Yes.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'll go the opposite of what everybody else does. That's been my favorite play. Everybody wanted to go Josh Allen stack this last week. All right, I'm going to go play James Cook, right? It's just whenever I see one part of a total, if everybody's going to go Herbert this week and their stacks, well, then maybe I just go grab Josh Kelly. Unless Eckler is going to be back. I haven't seen that news yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Uh, D- Denver, uh, Miami, uh, a lower total than I would have thought, especially after Denver showed some real life on offense. I mean, Marvin Mims, I don't know why they don't put that mother father on the the field more. He is electric and he like diversifies their offense in a way they really need. Uh, but at the same time, his, his snap counts weren't that great. And it's still really hard to play a guy. That's only probably going to get three targets, even though that guy can, it could be two 60 yard touchdowns is Denver's offense for real. Cause if they are, you got to
1: love them to push Miami. Uh, I don't believe it's real and I think the Mims thing will get overplayed because it was like two catches yep. and one of them was for a touchdown so that obviously helps when you get the bonus the yardage the touchdown he barely like snaps wise wasn't crazy and that's what I was just trying to go look up because I think he's 3900 this week if I see it correctly and you go look at a guy like Reed not to say that's repeatable with two touchdowns but I mean this is on eight targets four receptions all this it's much different than what we saw with, the, with another guy like Mims but To your point, if you think he can push him, that does make it a little bit more interesting. We'll have to wait and see on Waddle. Obviously, he's in concussion protocol after that late hit uh, or the hit later in the game, I should say, on that game that we just watched last week there. So we'll see what happens with their offense. But this has a 48-point total. I think people will get here. You could go to a Tyreek always gets love. He's 9,000. There's ways to get there. Tyreek is also $300 less than Justin Jefferson. On this slate, so just an interesting thing I would see there is like, if I, again, I don't know where I'm going yet or how I'm getting there. But if you had a lineup with like, you could have like Cousins with Addison or Osborne with Hawkinson, mm. but then sub in Tyreek instead of Jefferson. And it's, you're, you're playing the same type of lineup others have, but you've got two Minnesota pieces in there still with Cousins, but not Jefferson and ends up being Tyreek. I look at little things like that when building for single entry, three max, higher dollar, smaller field. And things like that so i don't know i do have interest in this game early on i'm just not sure who it's with yet like judy 6500 he's back now yep. uh you know played last week fine wait on the waddle information running backs i'm not sure if i would go too much there any anybody smythe has been pretty good yeah. he's uh, 2900 this week so he might be popular too all
0: right we're getting that we're getting the message again editor i don't know hopefully it's not getting all cutting out again i don't know what's going on uh I, I guess I need I, – I, fucking Oklahoma internet. But my opinion on this game is uh, I, Tyreek Hill is going to get 57 targets. That would be my guess, right? So uh, let's keep moving on. I only see uh, – let's see. Oh, we still got a lot of games here. So uh, this Charger-Minnesota game, we already talked about that. So let's skip over to New England and the Jets. Uh, boy, this is, this is this just reeks of slog fest, like a game that's going to be 14-13. to
1: Yeah, doesn't look too good to me. Uh, Stevenson is 6,700. Early in the week, just feels a bit light. I know we haven't seen too much, but his workload has been there. 15 attempts last week, two again. Uh, You just go over. It's the red zone you worry about a little bit, but they got to get there too. So maybe if they can get there more, but this is going to be division game, back and forth. Seems like that. Not sure if you like what you've seen out of Brees Hall so far at 5,600. It could go there. Kendrick Bourne, I don't know. They had Devontae Parker back last week. So, you know, not, not enough stands out to me yet. Garrett Wilson, 6,800, probably doesn't get played by anybody, but he's still... Still got it. I know it's Zach Wilson throwing him the ball, but like last week, again, only two catches, 83 yards, and one touchdown, but he got the, he got the eight targets. They're going to keep trying to pepper him. At least that's good, and I just don't think people want to roll with it. So we'll, we'll see, but not too many pieces I'm excited about in this game, at least. Yeah, pretty gross game. Uh,
0: all right, uh, Washington. Uh-oh. Disco- OBS just disconnected. We're, we're really a fucking shit show today. Tambo, maybe we should just start doing this on your fucking station until I get my fucking new computer or something. Uh, you think it's internet though? That might that might be it. I mean, the, the, just it just said I was over what a gig or whatever of internet. I yeah, I don't know. Maybe those the two fat guys outside running messages back and forth just aren't getting it done today. I'm not sure. Uh, let's see. Change room video quality. All right, editors over here dicking around with stuff. Buffalo and Washington uh, is 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 is, is there, Washington actually had a real pulse on offense. Is this a game where they could push Buffalo? Because if so, Josh Allen uh, seems like a tasty little um, a tasty little stackable play this week, right? The other thing too could be like last week, a lot of quarterbacks
1: ended up being the play just because you need everything else to make it all work. Now, with people going to Cousins this week, I'm just saying that you know, to play a big stack here Cook 6,400, takes 8,100. Like it, it does get expensive here. There is something you could do if you think Sam. DraftKings points price does matter. I'm not saying it's a Josh Allen, but he's fifty-four right. hundred dollars. Like you, you know that. And then uh, his pieces are much more sackable. John.
0: All right. Uh, we are having so many technical difficulties here. Uh, fucking. I I don't know what's going on. I'm gonna just apologize um let's see here we're gonna we're gonna uh, look this is such a shit show and i can't figure out what's going on so what's what this is what we're gonna do with the rest of the show i'm gonna give away some tickets all right just for fucking all this all of you that have stuck with me through this shit show i'm giving away some millionaire maker tickets but before we do i want to sell tambo site because i'm a fucking idiot it's called ship it nation and they do all kinds of sports i don't do so if you're enjoying my content go check out mlb nba mma uh, NHL, they do it all and use my code dgen 75 to do it uh, do you want to tell them anything about it for the people all right it just got better so now's a great time to sell tambo yeah <laughs> yeah
1: We know there's a ton of great sites and tools out there. That's kind of the marrying the pairing of the two of us is you can get DGN75.com. You can get shipitnation.com, still be well under a hundred bucks for all the content, add in your college football stuff, add in the stone, which we don't have and are excited to be partnered with DGN75 for you add in the showdown projections and ownership for PGA. When that comes back, that's going to be a mix in the mix where you just pair the two sites together and get plenty, but we've got a lot of tools. We've got projections, ownership, rankings, all that stuff for you guys and the discord is awesome sure you're you know if you're in the the discord with degenerate75 you're going to know what it's all about but our discord is one that a lot of people will talk about you can hop in there we do a ton of giveaways as well free shows lots of good partnerships around the industry but definitely the time is now to check it out you can actually get in as low as 19 bucks but for the thing I always say to people you don't get the discord with that and discord is key with degenerate75 with the code degen75 you get 10% off you can get your first month for just over 60 bucks and that works out to like 15 bucks a week. That's nothing. You get in the discord, try it out for a month. See what you think. I don't think you'll dis- you'll be disappointed. I think you'll love it. And then you'll come back and want to know more. So check us out. Ship promo code DGen 75. All right. Uh, editor draw me
0: five names, uh, five names from the chat. Uh, and let's give away some five millionaire maker tickets. We didn't uh, I, I, look, this is my fault. Uh, fucking editor's going to order me a, like a $5,000 computer right after this stream. Uh, so in the meantime, for all of you that have been here, magic school bus, there's one. Um, let's see. We're just going to draw five. We're going to build them with me Sunday for the millionaire maker. Uh, so sorry for the, whatever, 70 of you that have stayed around here, uh, fucking slap dick fest. So let's draw five of them. Uh, Sarah, that's my girl. I haven't seen her in a hot minute. Let's go. <laughs> that's two. Um, all right. Now, now everybody's coming back. Uh, Justin Wahlberg. There you go. Uh, that's three. Editor, keep them coming. Getting, by the way, guys, just reach out to me on Twitter or if you're on the Discord, we'll build them Sunday uh, uh, for the Millionaire Maker. Just reach out to me Saturday night or something. Brandt has won. And one more, editor. Hell, we might, you know what? Uh, we, we might just go finish this and go s- save this in post production, Tambo. So maybe we go finish up these games uh, and, and then I'll get the editor to splice this shit together because I'm recording it without all the fucking choppiness, I'm pretty sure.
1: I think we only missed the last two games, right? Yeah, Dallas, so, Arizona, ma- ma- and we'll Chicago, go, KC. Yeah, we'll go, l- l- let's
0: go knock those out. I wanted to get those in. Uh, all right, yeah. so there's five. There's five of them. Ben, I didn't even see Ben one. There we go. All right, we might do another one in a minute because this has been fucking slapdick fest. All right, uh, let's get to these last games here. Carolina and the Seahawks. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, I missed that
1: one, too. We missed all the afternoon games. You're yeah. right. Which, so by, by the way, I, I, I know played, there's too. only
0: three of them instead of four, which really kind of kills your late swap uh, strategy a little bit. So go ahead. We'll do one more, guys, once we get to the chat.
1: Yeah. um, hmm. Last night, I guess Bryce Young was at least serviceable. Geno looked a lot better last week, but he was back to his old ways, right? He was completing every pass, it felt like. So that sets up there. The running backs in this game, you could see going back and forth, like Miles Sanders, Kenneth Walker. Look at it from that perspective. (sighs) Metcalf, Lockett are always the same. Thielen, I'm not chasing what we saw last night with him. That was a a two-game slate play for me. Like that, I played him on that slate. Hayden Hurst, maybe, but there, there's not a ton of plays that stand out to me in this one either. Those are the plays that do if I was going there. I also think you could play the defenses in this game, 26 and 3,200, respectively. Yeah, I will
0: warn you about Kenneth Walker. I do like a Seahawks-Kenneth Walker stack together. They correlate nicely, but Kenneth Walker, man, that guy has not exactly been a monument of efficiency, right? I know he fell into the box twice, but if you just go look at his uh, you know, uh, yards per touch, it wasn't great. It wasn't
1: great. Yeah, I I do worry a little bit about that, but at sixty two hundred too, I kind of like that double stack you said there. We'll see as the values pop up throughout the week, but I, you know, having Kenneth Walker with Seattle wouldn't be the worst thing, I don't think. All right, uh, Dallas and Arizona,
0: you got uh, where are we at here? Uh, this, this is a massive line, by the way. You hardly ever see lines this big in the
1: NFL. Is Dallas just going to thump the shit out of the Cardinals? <laughs> I guess the question for you is, what are we doing with Pollard? Because it's eight thousand, not seventy nine hundred, not cheaper. You know, eight eight grand. For Tony Pollard, did like literally got robbed on so much yep. last week, but he still had 25 attempts, eight targets. He got all the work. I know they had Dowdle, they had Vaughn coming in. They had already got two of their tight ends touchdowns. So then, of course, they tried. They I think it was Schoonmaker and Ferguson yep. got in the box. So, like, oh, let's give Hendershot an end around here, just so the whole room can say they scored touchdowns. That took away from him. But Pollard still played well into the fourth. So he looks like 8000 this week is is a good play. I just don't know how popular he's going to get as of right now, but they have they've got two other guys. They've got other options. How do, how do you handle Pollard this week? That's I mean, the big question. It'll be simple.
0: If, if he's going to be under 10% owned, I'm definitely going to play him because this will be a great environment for him. And he is due for some touchdown regression after getting dicked over last week. Right. So yeah. uh, uh, if they're, and they're, I mean, he's almost certainly going to be in a favorable script. So, you know, if, if, if he's going to get 20 touches and be under 10% owned, I'm a hundred percent playing Tony Pollard. He'd actually probably become one of my more favorite plays on the slate, but maybe everybody's going to realize that he's due for some regression and he's in a great script and he's going to get there. Also 4,400 now for Dallas D prices are going up. Wow. That isn't, ex- I would never pay $4,400 for a defense. I just can't <laughs> do it. It never works out for me. All right. Or it, could. <laughs> it doesn't until it does. All right. Kansas city and Chicago. Uh, this, this one, I think if, if, is there any chance Chicago can push KC? Cause I really want to play this game, but I think Chicago might be just dog shit.
1: Do we want to try fields out here? The thing is I did it. I said it again last week. Uh, I got talked in by one of the members to playing a, shout out Kim, by the way. Uh, she said, play, can, just play Kelsey with Mahomes, that game, et cetera. It made sense to me. I said, like, I never play him because it's just a roulette. You have to be all in on the guy basically to figure it out. But if you are going to play him, I did like that method. So in one of my 555s, I played Kelsey. I'm uh, sorry, I played Mahomes, Kelsey, and ran it back with Kirk. That was one of the ones I was talking about. Again, it just didn't work out, but it's I'm not, I don't want to be results oriented on that. It was just to say, at least it made sense how it was built. But Fields, while not breaking 20 fantasy points still yet, it, it just still did look at least a little bit better last week, but still did he? Like, I don't know. He, he didn't really rush for anything. Like, what? what are your, what's your take on him? Because that's sort of the side I would be interested in. And then you can go to, like, a DJ Moore and a Comet and just wrap it up that way and then run it back with uh, either one of the running backs or Kelsey and do, like, a double tight end, Or which I don't do a lot, but or just take Komet out of it and just go Fields, Moore, Kelsey, call the a day. What, what's your thoughts on something like that? I, I mean, I, I'm for it. Like,
0: if Justin Fields can push this somewhat, like, if, if they can get to 24 points or something like that, he can get a rushing touchdown, maybe two passing touchdowns, he's going to legit be a top three uh, stackable play, right? And he's a, the best thing about him is you don't have to dedicate two of your roster spots to shitty-ass Bears. He only needs to drag one guy across the line with him, which is likely to be more Mooney or Komet, right? And then for Kansas City, to me, they only have two run back options. I refuse to play the roulette at wide receiver. So give me some Isaiah Pacheco or give me some Travis Kelsey. And I think you can be able to afford that if you're running a bear stack because it's not overtly expensive. And you don't have to dedicate uh, two of your wide receiver spots to the bears, which just sounds like uh, which just sounds fucking horrible, to be honest.
1: Yeah. Chiefs D. Someone said sneaky. Thirty nine hundred. Still expensive, though, man. Like, again, I don't know. Uh, But Fields like take sacks, free sacks uh, oftentimes. So I'm sure they'll get after him quite a bit here, but it would have to make sense to build it up. Maybe you run like a Pacheco and get your discount that way. It's only He's only 5,400 and then you could pay up at D with some of the savings off of some of those mid-tier running backs. But for me, um, you know, not too much interest as of right now. It does have nice slate swap potential though, because it's the only game in the afternoon that has these big options in it. So for example, wild moves can be made, but like if you had, pollard in the flex and it's just too popular or something like that you could always move him to a guy like kelsey at 7200 and then see if that 800 bucks gets you something else and it's risky but it's if you need to make the pivots there is options within this game all right,
0: guys, toss some questions in there. We're going to answer questions uh, for the next 13 minutes or until my piece of shit internet or connection uh, starts to act up again. Uh, editor at 1250, let's go ahead and draw a couple more names. So, guys, get your questions in now. Me and Tambo will answer them uh, uh, as long as uh, my fucking slapdick internet uh, d- doesn't act up. This is what happens in Oklahoma, man. And we still got fucking like uh, horse and buggies around here, guys. You want me to have fancy internet too? Uh, okay, let's see. Uh, we uh, don't uh, let's see. Okay. Starting to think shrouds becoming fantasy vi. uh, uh shroud is becoming fantasy viable. Are you with that one? Uh, Tambo? I don't know if I can get there.
1: Yeah. I talked about it a little bit earlier. I think again, it's that it's the uh, here. Here's the third piece then to our puzzle. Cause we talked about, you know, playing ETN. Maybe if, if Lawrence stacks are popular, if, if uh, Lawrence stacks aren't popular, you could play him instead. But the other angle is always just play the opposite quarterback within the game. And he's at a $1,500 discount. So you could definitely, do that as well. You could have like a Stroud with one of Tank Dell or um Nico Collins and then have the run back as one of the receivers or ETN and just get all your pieces from that game, a little trio within it. Kind of how people did like Purdy, Ayuk, and then uh, Nakua last week. You could just get away with those three. Yep. They were all pretty cheap or cheap enough. That's kind of what you could do here, depending on how you go. If it's Kirk instead of uh you know, the run back instead of Nakua, and then it's Nico Collins and Stroud instead of Purdy and uh, and uh, Debo. Little things like that where you can set it up. So I have no problem with that.
0: All right, Jerry Matt says, do you like mini secondary stacks being used at the running back position, or do you prefer it to be two wide receivers? So I never like my secondary correlation to be two running backs. It's just not a lot of game scripts where both running backs do well, but I don't mind a running back like uh, Zach Moss against the Nico Collins, right? That was a run back I liked. And often I'll do two wide receiver correlations, right? So, you know, maybe Drake London and uh, uh, Romeo Dobbs or whoever, right? So uh, those are
1: some ones I I, I like. What, What say you, Tambo? I, I like them all. I love a good secondary stack, and typically it depends how you're starting it off. If you're doing a full-on game stack with five guys from a game, like a three-two or something. Quarterback, two two options with the quarterback, two on the other side. You don't need to worry about as much because you're probably already different or overstacking all that stuff. But for me, running back, you can do running back, tight end. You can do wide receiver, tight end. You can do wide receiver, wide receiver. You can do all kinds of stuff. One thing I will say about a secondary stack is I don't love too expensive guys that are receivers. For example, if you've got a Chase and a Diggs, well, it does correlate. It's not often I like that because typically for those guys, when they hit their ceiling, their quarterback's coming with them. So they're probably a part of your primary stack and not your secondary. So that would be the one thing I would say there. And just
0: to add on to that, I don't usually like to do a quarterback and two really expensive wide receivers, right? So like a Burrow-Higgins chase because, I mean, like, those guys between the three of them usually got to get you something like north of 110 points for that to really pay off, right? And that's asking yeah. a lot from a three-man stack. So whenever I'm doing my stacks and my correlations, I don't like to just load up on all the expensive guys from one game or from one stack because like it, you really are needing a 99th percentile performance from them to get there.
1: Yeah, little tidbit I'll throw in because we have, if the internet's working, but stack rankings on shippingnation.com. I forgot to mention this earlier. A lot of stack rankings around the industry have this tool where it's like the best stacks of the week and you're like, okay, let's go look at it. And it's Josh Allen and Diggs and Hertz and AJ Brown and the most Chase and Burrow and all these stacks. But we have a stack rankings for that very point you just made where it's not about who are the top projected guys with them because we know any Burrow stack would show Chase and then Higgins. For us, it'll show things like Chase, with or or sorry burrow with higgins but then maybe irv smith because it's actually a better value stack and a way to get different in some of your single entry or even in your main mme stuff and big tournaments it's just a a tool that you can use to show you that and then it ties in with ownership as well so definitely one of the things you should check out editor draw me another name we'll do another one at
0: twelve fifty-five. also just for, just for the slapdick internet, you guys are getting endless millionaire maker tickets because Oklahoma internet. While he does that, who's the best quarterback to double stack this week? Justin Sports, The uh, uh, what I would say to this is know the kind of quarterbacks that need two wide receivers to get him there and know the kind of quarterbacks that only need one wide receiver to get him there, right? So what I mean by that is a lot of times rushing quarterbacks, a guy like you know a Daniel Jones or a Justin Fields, guys like that, they offer so much upside with their legs that they usually can get it done just dragging one wide receiver there, whereas some pocket passers, most of them, like Mahomes. Trevor Lawrence, guys like that, they often need to carry two uh, wide receivers across the finish line with them to get there. So, to answer the question, uh, Tambo, do you have anything about
1: a quarterback that you love with a double stack this week? Early, you know, early look again. May- maybe depending on what the Waddle news comes out, I could see it be like Tua, Tyreek, but then you get some savings with Smythe or something like that, and that separates you so you still get it. And then, like I said, I could still put a mini stack of that other game. Maybe it's going to be uh, a Chargers guy that's cheaper with one of the Minnesota guys, and I have Tyreek instead of Jefferson in that spot and have a different build altogether and don't play Kirk cousins chalk in that build, obviously, with T- with Tua in there. So that would be just an early thought, but I kind of like that one, depending on the Waddle news and the injury. NFT
0: degenerates has won the giveaway, so reach out to me. We'll do one more at 1257, just uh, as a final apology for being a fucking poor with shitty fucking internet. <laughs> uh, all right, are, are my Week 17 game stacks between the Jets and the Browns dead in best ball? I mean, <laughs> it's not great, especially if one of them's Nick Chubb. Uh, all right, Tweezy says, do you think Ford uh Ford the running back for the Browns play uh, is a cheap player? What are your thoughts on him? I think he's gonna be like 30 or 40% owned. And I've it's been very nice so far this year that shocky running backs and the five K's have not exactly punished me so far. And the only one that I that I remember doing well was Rashad White, who I played,
1: so I didn't mind that. Yeah, Jamal Williams went down week one against Tennessee, no good. Joshua Kelly last week against Tennessee, no good. Like I said, teams are so far, it's a smallest sample you'll get, and it's only week three, I get it. But uh, teams are passing like 70% of the time against it. They know what they're up against. I think they're just leaning on it. Cleveland has a bunch of guys they can use for that. You could see it be an Njoku week. You got Amari, if, he, if he's out there playing more snaps and you hear more that he's more healthy throughout the week. Elijah Moore, Donovan Peoples-Jones. They just have a lot of options there. Tillman, if Amari's not going to be in or he's going to be limited. So I, I definitely think there's options there. But it's, it's a tough battle to go up against for sure. All right, Delbert says, I know you said Watson sucks, but maybe a good bounce back spot for him at lower
0: ownership. What say you, Tambo? I'll let you
1: handle that. Yeah, that's awesome. Good segue because I was just speaking on that. I think that's kind of where you sometimes just have to get over it. Do I want to play him? Probably not. But if he's not going to be owned because people say, oh, he sucks off of last night, and maybe he does. But if you wanted to get in on that, you could do it for pretty cheap. Like just looking at the pricing real quick, he is 6,100. His option, like Elijah Moore, 47. Amari Cooper, 57. Njoku, 42. Like you could definitely get in on the action there, and then you have guys on that Tennessee side that we have interest in. So uh, you you could definitely get in on that stack if you wanted. The thing is lower total, all that. Maybe you don't double stack, and maybe just play Watson and Joku, and maybe you don't even run it back. It's Tennessee. I'm just saying, if you want to do something like that, I, I'd have a little more interest that way, I think, than like a game stack or a full three one or anything along those lines.
0: All right, ETN and a Jags defense. I, I mean, I think those two work perfectly together. I think that's a great game yeah. environment, but surely I can't be the only one that realizes what a smash spot this could be for ETN. So I have to imagine he's going to gain quite a bit of ownership, and if he's going to get a lot of ownership, I, you know, I just don't know if I ever want to trust ETN at like over 20% ownership. But if he's going to be a reasonable ownership, I like him, and yes, I do like the correlation with the Jags defense. You got, any, uh, you got a different take on that? J- Jags D
1: is expensive. I was going to say what you mm. said is perfect, but what I also think to add is what we talked about earlier is that we're, where – if he does pick up the steam, and it already sounds like he will, just seeing the early chats and all that stuff, I think the interesting play is like Stroud with one person and ETN, you're using the chalk, not who you play, it's how you play him. People that aren't going to ETN, their first piece of idea when they go to leverage it are going to be to go Lawrence with the sack, And that works too. I'm not saying don't do it. You can do both. I'm just saying that's the first thought. I think the second level to it is to flip the side completely, still use ETN and just use the other side. Because guess what? If ETN's doing his job and you need him, the other side is going to have to be passing the ball and running their ass off and getting chased around and all that. You never know what that can lead to. And for a cheap stack on the Houston side, that can make a lot of other things work within your lineup. And what I will say, the one nice thing I can say about Stroud is when they got down and they were in a bad game
0: environment, he really did make some nice down the field passes, and they didn't just completely, you know, go into a shell and become hopeless once they got behind the defense knew they were going to pass and he was still getting plenty of completions out there. So maybe he's one of those guys that plays better when he can just fucking go back there and sling it and not have to worry about making mistakes. Maybe there are guys, you know, like I used to always play Mark Bulger for the Rams like 20 years ago because they were always behind in the fourth quarter and he's just fucking slinging it everywhere. Like, uh, like a pro. Uh, okay. That was a really weird reference. Your favorite week two overreaction. You got one of these like uh, something that people are going to overreact to that we saw in week two and now you can go take advantage of that in week three. I guess
1: it, how it's word is like, which guy would I not trust on the other side? It's like the Ford, the Mims, those ones like where people are like, oh, they're so good now. Look what they just did. Yep. And now he's this featured or, or now Mims is the man and all this. Like I, I would just those are two that stand out right away that I'm not going to overreact to that I'll be on the opposite side or looking for ways to get different within those spots. I wouldn't
0: mind, you know, I'm going to look at it the other way, and I'm going to say Josh Kelly is a guy that kind of flopped on everybody, and in that game environment, I don't mind going back to him, of course, if Eckler is out, which I've not seen any news on. So maybe Eckler's going to be back, and I'm just talking out of my ass. Same, and I like that one as well, actually. It's another way to get different within that game where you can build it up a little bit differently. All right, let's get to some simple ones here. Is Deuce Vaughn worthy of picking up in GPPs?
1: No, I, I don't have interest, but yeah, I, that's just I think too, it's, again, people are going to be looking for that cute. because once, once Pollard gets popular, He's 4,400. I think he's the same price as who else is 4,400. I thought there was somebody else at 4,400. Maybe it's on Indy. Uh, how much is, uh, how much is Moss this week? Uh,
0: Wait, 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 wait,
1: 5,555. So it might be, Um, you know who I might've been looking at earlier it was when I was looking at the depth chart before the Zuniman night news. I think Craig Reynolds might be 4,400. Uh, yeah. Everybody's favorite David hard, hard
0: knocks guy from, uh, from last year. Yeah. Uh, Hey, editor, go ahead and draw another name for me real quick. Um, Let's just take advantage of the good internet while we have it. Uh, Let's see. Sorry, guys. Once again, I want to apologize for the shitty fucking show. It's my fault and no one else's. I apparently need better internet or something. Um, So we're going to keep going uh, at least for a few more minutes. But for all of you that hung around, which, by the way, 130 of you, thank you for being fucking troopers. Um, Okay, uh, more questions. I'm just trying to get to some simple questions here. How about the – now, we already answered that question.
1: See, but that is funny that you brought it up because that's what what I asked you earlier was that question. I said, do you think this is what happens? And I think we're already seeing it. Enough talk about ETN, Jags, all that, the pace from last week. I could see this more early week thoughts, leaning on this more being a spot that people think is sneaky, that flops, where you only need a couple pieces. But the whole thing picks up steam as the week goes on. I could definitely see that. We'll see how it actually shakes out, but that's my first thought. Trevor a Trevor
0: Lawrence stack. What's going to be – if everybody's playing ETN, Trevor Lawrence – and, like, you basically only got four guys I think you need to stack him with. Ridley, Zay, Kirk, and Ingram. You just kind of mix and match those uh, and then hope he has one of those three or four touchdown games, right? Run it back. That's uh, the other way
1: to play it or the Stroud side, or you can stack Trevor Lawrence with ETN. ETN's got five and three targets to start the season, so not what we usually expect from him. But if they're going to keep doing that – Definitely fine with it. So yeah, there is ways to still use it. It just does early thoughts worry me that it could just end up being that spot. So we'll see how the week shakes out. Mr. Pentrini, you won the tickets. All right. Uh, uh, Tambo, how much time you got? You, I don't know what All time day, you got. Baby. All, All, day. Right. All day. All
0: right. We're going to let's, let's just keep powering through questions and then hopefully yeah. this will uh, make for a good video uh, or, uh, you know, fucking Oklahoma internet doesn't go out again. Uh, will you both ever do a showdown show together? Yeah, I mean, I'm not opposed to it. Are you, Are we talking – I assume he's talking NFL showdown, so we're on an NFL show. Problem is, we both have such busy schedules, it's hard to ever do one. Maybe we could do one for, I don't know, the playoffs or something um it's just maybe we're both both locked down right now something
1: like that we could do a three gamer or something like that it'd be fun to do thanksgiving i call dibs on tambo for thanksgiving there you go guys i like that show i like that that's my favorite i have to live anyone who doesn't know i'm canadian but i I live i live vicariously through my american friends some years we even do like a friends giving and cook up a turkey and everything and just celebrate the whole day you seem pretty american to me other than the fact
0: that you're so nice that's the only thing to me that that just screams canadian just the guy's too nice Americans, right. we're kind of a lot of a lot of asshole Americans. Uh, all right, powering through. People still here, true tryhards. Yes, all of you that are still here, you are tryhards. Uh, let's see, getting to more questions. Did YouTube steal my super chat? Oh yes, Nick. Thank you for that super chat. I still see it up there. I appreciate you, uh, and uh, and uh, the fact that you did that with all this chaos. You're a man of the people, you mother father. All right, thoughts on tight end Troutman with a big fat zero last week. Uh, what do you do? You, do we have takes on Troutman from the uh, Broncos? Yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, I, last week was just a weird game for them. I don't think that they're going to continue to air it out like that. So. Um, you know, I wouldn't overreact to that, um, and if you think that this game, which, by the way, d- has a very nice total of 48-and-a-half, I think Troutman is a perfectly acceptable play. But uh, trying to guess those Denver pass catchers when you got Judy and Sutton, hell, even that Brandon Johnson guy got quite a bit of run, and then you have Mims who's going to get rotated in, it's just getting really hard to predict it because Russell Wilson, I think, sucks. And then now I have to not only deal with a shitty quarterback, i got to deal with a shitty quarterback that's passing it to five different guys. Not ideal, Bob. I will say this,
1: Gusecki and Henry were eating up a little bit against that Miami defense, and now you go to this thing. First of all, Troutman flopped last week for people that played him, and also Smythe, who we talked about earlier, who makes sense there at 2900 It's just 100 bucks more, and you get to get Troutman in that same game. So definitely uh, an interesting call-out early. I don't hate that, to be honest.
0: All right, the, all right. Uh, thoughts on buying low on Christian Watson? If I get word that he is going to be playing and he is not going to be on a pitch count, I'm, I'm, I will be playing Christian Watson. I will be playing a fair amount because nobody is going to want to play him. It'll be very similar to what we saw with Amari Cooper last night when people are nervous about somebody not getting a full workload or, uh, you know, maybe reaggravating an injury. You get true talents at discounted ownership. So if I think if I'm getting word that Christian Watson is going to be out there, I'm in. What about
1: you, Tambo? Yeah, I'd be fine with it. Fifty nine hundred, a really good price too. And like I said, I just don't think it would mess up some things for the love for the other guys, like Reed and you know the talks that I mentioned earlier. But I definitely think if he's playing and it sounds like he's going to be in there, you know, full time at least, then then I'd have more interest.
0: All right, uh, the Broncos' team construction and division will force them to continue airing it out, right? I mean, I, I don't know. Will I, I feel like Javante's definitely the best player on their offense. It seems like at some point they're going to want to just uh, start focusing on that guy as he gets more acclimated to the season.
1: Wait, do you think they're going to pass it All around, right. Tambo? He's 5,500. Yeah, he's fine, too. I guess the more I look at it, like, that game looks pretty interesting, too, because the other thing is they may just get forced into it because if Miami does their thing – I know someone in the chat earlier asked about like uh, Sertain and some of this other stuff. Like, man, I just, I think Miami can get these teams. And if that's the case and they get it rolling and that pace picks up, Russ is going to be trying to air it out, whether he does or not. The same thing as always, let Russ cook. And then people show him burning up the kitchen or whatever, because it's like, he doesn't ever cook. It was kind of, (laughs) see, people going back to say it was kind of the best move, the way they didn't let him cook and just let him play that style. And it worked out. But yeah, for me, I think that's uh, at least somewhat interesting, but Javante still at 5,500 is there as well. All right, thoughts on it being a Kyle Pitts week. I mean, I
0: look, it, it, wow. as long as Desmond Ritter's the quarterback, I just don't know if I can ever play a pass catcher for the Falcons. I truly think he's the worst quarterback in the NFL and the worst fantasy quarterback in the NFL. That's my take. But I will say Kyle Pitts is a truly talented guy, and if Ritter could ever stop sucking, he might be
1: good. Is there any chance you could play Pitts this week, Tambo? 3,900, too. Wow. I don't know, man. It's so tough. It's just the problem is, like, it's just one game ever with over 15 fantasy points in the last year and a half or whatever it's been. So right. it's really tough. And then, you know, like last week, I, Drake London smashed. for if, if he did the same thing this week at 5K, you're loving his 18.7 DraftKings points. But that literally feels like a ceiling now. Like that felt like monumental that he did that. And like I said, it's almost 20 points, so you'll take it. But it's, it just doesn't feel like there's 20 plus there. It's 18.7 is like insane for him to get the job done on that. And I feel the same about Kyle Pitts. 3,900 makes it a little bit better. The onesie position in the tight end where you have to play one, maybe. But, man, not not the, not the as much high interest that I've got there.
0: Johnny Hunter says, who gets more targets from Tua this week? Well, I mean, obviously Tyree Kill. But at some point, teams have got to say, we're just going to put a safety over this mother father. So if Jalen Waddle is out, I think that it opens up a lot of value for guys like River Craycraft and for uh, uh, Durham Smythe in particular. Do you have anybody that you think would benefit from uh, Waddle being out that I didn't already say,
1: Tambo? Yeah, I'd lean on Smythe, like I said earlier, but I guess Tyreek is just a freak, man. That's why they call him that. And like, you know, he does the peace sign when yeah. he runs away. Like, I feel like he's good enough and somehow able to just stash that ball under his chin and give two peace signs to two guys trying to cover him. And that's going to be a thing he does someday because he's just so fast, so good. It doesn't matter. And again, very interesting this week. He's 9,000. Jefferson's 9,300. I definitely think there's something to that. Maybe last week people overreact. Oh, he only gave me 15 points. That won't be enough at 9K. You're right, but he still got nine targets. He still had some other action in there. I think again, you could just see another bounce back at him where it's 30 plus, no problem, and he's just needed. So I, I like Tyreek early in the week. Is it a good? Uh, is it a good trade for Kenneth Walker and Olave for
0: Chase and Brees? Ooh, that's a good question. Wait, w- would you do that? I mean, I don't do much year long, but that seems like a very fair trade. Walker and Olave for Chase and Brees. I'm keeping the Chase side personally. Yeah, I think so too. I don't want to sell low on Chase after these first two weeks. I bet by yeah. the end of the year he's still a top three wide receiver. That would be my guess. We've
1: seen this with other teams, Buffalo, Kansas City in the past, things like that. Oh, Kelsey's no good, or you know, Diggs is not the same anymore, and all that. And then they bounce back and have huge years. So again, gotta monitor what's going on with Burrow, but that's why you're seeing these trade offers right now is because there's probably somebody trying to pick him up knowing that Burrow is probably gonna be all good here shortly. And then you'll be good to go. Even if he did have to miss a game or two with this calf thing, you know, flaring up again, who knows, but it's still chase. I- I'm still very interested in him. Someone said Barrios earlier. These are just oh. like, again, super like again, 3,600, whatever, but it's just low, low floor ceiling combination. Like he can get some targets. If waddles out, maybe fit in your cash game lineups. I struggle to get to him in tournaments. That- that's where it would be.
0: Yeah. Cause he-, he just doesn't really offer you probably the 20 points you're going to need to take down a GBP. Uh, is the problem
1: with playing those punt. And there's going to be other value plays like it's week three. There's injuries happening. There's going to be a lot of other ways that it's like, again, maybe a cash play. Sure. Take your free targets. If waddles out, I'm saying that would make even more sense. But like, yeah, I, I don't know if you'll get the upside there. And then if you're stacking Tua, Tyreek is great, but then you could just do two and Tyreek as well. You don't have to put the third guy in to make it work. Uh, is Minnesota LA too obvious of a game to target? I mean,
0: it, yeah, it's going to, everybody knows that that is going to be the most targeted game this week, but that doesn't mean that you don't play it. It just means that you just need to put on your creative hat and start saying, how can I get into this game, get pieces of this game? Maybe a way that not everybody else is not a way that nobody else is just not a way that everybody else is right. Um, yep. so I, I think that's the best way you got to You're going to want some action in that game. I promise you that game is not going to be seven to three. Okay. There's going to be some points scored. They're going to move the ball and there's going to be some guys have some big games that you're probably going to want to have access to. Um, yeah, there's
1: going to be dudes like Parham and there's going to be maybe one of Palmer or Johnson. You've got uh, you, you mentioned, go back to the well on Joshua Kelly, flip it and stack the other side, yep. pay up and have to pay more for Herbert, who's 7,500 over Cousins at 69. It's not going to be super sneaky. Other people are going to move that route as well as the week goes on. But it's just to say it, it's obviously easier to stack the side with, uh, with Cousins when you've got Jefferson, who just makes so much sense and is going to drag him along, and then cheap options to go with it in guys like Osborne, Addison or uh, Hawkinson. So I definitely think that's a way you could get a little bit different. Hawkinson actually got priced up 6500. So Yeah, he's got, he's really getting up
0: here. into that elite pricing now, right? He's up there with Andrews yeah. and Kelsey type like elite level pricing, which is never fun. It's so hard to get those guys in. What what if
1: the stack is uh is Cousins, Madison, Hawkinson, ala Daniel Jones, Barkley and Waller and you don't even need uh Jefferson who's priced up and you don't need any of those cheap options like Addison or Osborne, who people are going to try and fit into those double stacks. Yeah. I mean, the the only, only counter argument I give to that is I'm pretty sure Kirk cousins
0: only sees Justin Jefferson with every pass and then just adjusts from there. Like I just don't see any way he doesn't get at least 12 targets. And the guy is so incredibly talented. It just feels like he's like 10 catches, 120 yards and probably a touchdown every week. But I guess there is a path for it, but I'm that guy's just, he's just cut different, right? Like you're even seeing like Jamar chase can be, you know, can have games where he doesn't do anything. Justin Jefferson just never seems to have a game where he does nothing. Uh, he's just another Yeah, you see like
1: Tyreek last week. That's a little bit, you know, set up now. He had nine targets in that. But, like, again, Jefferson, not too many games. Like, last season there was a run of 38, 32, 36, 33, and 34 within six, five, five games of the six. That's the run he goes on. So it's just continuous with him. And he's the only guy I know that can get, or it seems like it, him and Tyreek maybe, but 100 yards in the first quarter. And it feels like it's actually a thing that's going to happen. And the bonus just hits. And you're like, yep. Should have played that guy. So I, I like it. All right, let's end on this last
0: question here. And then, editor, go ahead and do the drawing while we answer this, our final one. Once again, I apologize for all the technical difficulties. No one's fault but myself. We don't fucking make excuses around here. I'll be better next time. Uh, Let's see. Do you, uh, This is our final question. Uh, Tambo, I'll let you answer. Do you prefer a punt
1: wide receiver over a punt running back? I, yeah, and I guess I, I saw this one. I like it. But it depends on how you're handling it, too, because a punt – To me, it's like you're just taking a shot on it. At running back, I hate that because I always say this, and you're hoping, like the Deuce Vaughn thing. Could it happen? Yes, absolutely. People are playing Pollard. You leverage it. You play a guy like him. Go to Deuce Vaughn. I get it. But I would much rather at that point play a punt wide receiver who you can find cheap wide receivers on teams with injury placements, things like that, like Tank Dell last week. It wasn't huge news, but like no Noah Brown. He's 3,200 bucks. People are playing Nico Collins. You could have played both. But in the end, it was like, if you only got to tank Dell and you took a shot on a punt wide receiver, there was at least reasoning there that made sense. Jaden Reed last week was 3,200 bucks or 3,500 bucks, whatever he ended up being. My point was people were playing Musgrave for cheap. People were playing Dylan for the Jones injury. Jaden Reed was there. Watson was out. You, you had situation where it made sense. Nobody was really on him that heavy. So I would always rather play a punt wide receiver in that situation, unless it's a cheap running back that's slotting in for an injury role where then it's totally different Then I am just going to play them and move on because they get guaranteed volume for the most case or or for most part. And most cases they do pretty well. All right, guys. I appreciate all of you being here. Go to ship It nation and use my code. If you're a fan
0: of mine and you want to get content to other sports, I'm not offering go over to ship it. I promise you, they're the best site out there that uh, shares the most values with me. Use my code DGEN75 to let them know that I sent you and it gets you 10% off uh, on any of their packages, except the annual. So go check that out. Uh, I want to thank Tambo for being here. Tambo, do you have anything you want to tell the people before we get the fuck out of here?
1: I don't think so. There's no golf this week, so Ryder Cup, excited for that next week. is coming back. All the football content will be free. Shows will be out. If you guys are looking for me, you can find me on X, formerly Twitter, and find me there at Tag and Tambo. I put up the tidbits every Friday. We already talked enough about It Nation, but then we'll be back for the Thursday Night Football Showdown show on the Mayo Media Network and then the Sunday Main Slate show early morning on the Mayo Media Network as well. All right, I'm
0: going to go buy a new motherfucking computer, so I will see all of you guys later so that I can get my fucking internet fixed. I, once again, I'm, I'm t- hey, I get tilted as balls too, right? It's not, it's not yeah. just fucking Isaiah Pacheco getting me eight points on my best lineup that tilts my balls. It's also our fucking slapdick Oklahoma internet. I appreciate every single one of you that have stuck around. I will see you next time with a brand new fucking computer. Enjoy this outro.